T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. What up? What up? What up? It's Jeff Nowak. I am here closing you out here on Sports Talk up through 8 p.m. It's myself along with Charlie Long behind the glass here on WWL Radio AM 870 FM 105.3 and the Odyssey app. One thing, you know, we'll give you a peek behind the curtain and let you know that Charlie is also rocking the playoff beard like I am. Even though there's no playoffs. Oh man, too. you just exposed me. I've just oh been, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've I been need too lazy. I need the masses to know uh, that we're kismet here. We we got the we got the beards going on. We're going. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna dive dive right in. It hasn't been intentional. I've just been a little too lazy. I think <laughs> it's never intentional yeah, until you right. have to explain it. And then yeah, it has to be true that. has to be intentional. We're we're gonna get into a good number of things here. But you know, one thing that's been <laughs> that's been peeling my grapes this week has been, you know, just talking about firing head coaches, and it's so bizarre. You look at. The last couple of days and the the just amount of of like football royalty that has kind of dispersed into the ether in terms of coaches with Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick and Nick Saban, but there's also there's eight NFL head coaches that have been fired or transitioned out of their job, whatever you want to call it. With with Pete Carroll, he's an advisor now, and I am curious. So I I, I went ahead and I kind of looked at this and. I think that it's interesting when you look at, okay, do you want to be a team looking for a head coach when there's eight other teams looking for a head coach? It's like every offseason, though. I mean, there's anywhere from six to eight firings every single offseason. I actually saw, speaking of this, uh, via our friends at CBS Sports, Will Brinson posted an article, I think earlier today, ranking the eight coaching vacancies. That's what I was just about to do. Okay, there you go. Right, and so I kind of went through this, and I I think it's interesting because, to me, I look at the Chargers as kind of, if I had my pick, if I'm a head coach, and I have my pick of the teams that I can go be the coach of. It's the Chargers. And it's it's the Chargers for one spe- very specific reason, Justin Herbert. Right? I think when you're a head when you're a coach and you're going into a situation and that situation is not we are going to draft a quarterback in the top 5. I need that quarterback to be a guy that that I know is elite. And just and of these 8 teams, the only one that has a guaranteed elite quarterback that you think, hey, I can show up and get this guy to the promised land or I can elevate him beyond the Brandon Staley just just nonsense that you saw, 
that's the one. That's number one for me. I'm curious. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, 150%. I mean, you're not taking Geno Smith from the Seahawks. You're not taking, you know, whatever's happening. Washington's yeah. going to draft a quarterback. Washington uh, is a hot mess, man. They they are a hot mess. They got new ownership, which is good. Dan Snyder's yeah. the, the ding-dong, the wicked witch is dead. He's finally out of there. Uh, and then the Chargers, obviously, Justin Herbert. I'm looking through this list as we go. The Falcons quarterback room is a mess. They might mm-hmm. make it Justin Fields. Like, that's kind of the rumor, potentially, when Chicago ultimately right. takes Caleb Williams number one overall. The Raiders, I mean, their quarterback situation also a mess. Like, is it Aiden O'Connell, like that rookie? He had a decent year, but, like, I don't. he's not Justin Herbert. Moving on, the Patriots, once again, a, another mess of a quarterback situation. They're going to be likely drafting one at the third overall pick. The Titans... Will Levis, I mean, he showed you a little... I like Will Levis. He showed you some things in his rookie season. I rank Will Levis. I, I rank the Titans a little higher on my list because Will Levis. I, and I think, personally... I, so if you're a coach that likes Will Levis, they're higher on your list. If you're a coach that doesn't like Will Levis, drop him right down. And then the Carolina Panthers and Bryce Young, which has just been a nightmare. It's my number eight. Yeah, no, it, it's got to be. And here's the thing. It's not just Bryce Young. It's not just the it's draft David picks. Tepper. It's David freaking yeah, Tepper. I would I never. do not want to coach for David Tepper. And why would you? That's why, like, when I talk about the head coaching cycles and in a lot of cases in most instances you'll look at head coaches and you'll see it go in three-year cycles right like it's rare to see someone fired before their third season like even Dennis Allen in Oakland it was a disaster but he got to the third season right Brandon Staley got to the third season Ron Rivera was in year four he went 26 and 40 as a head coach he's in year four he never had a winning season in Washington right Arthur Smith year three seven and ten all three years that's when you get fired uh Mike Vrabel was in year six but he had regressed over the last two seasons like they they were 12 and 5 in 2021. Last year, 7 and 10. This year, 6 and 11. That's when you get fired, when you have regrets. And that's why when I look at Dennis Allen, it's really hard to look at a guy who has increased their season win total by two and then say, well, we're going to fire him. That just doesn't really happen. Even Pete Carroll, they had two 9 and 8 seasons, but they still regressed in the sense that they made the playoffs last year. They didn't make the playoffs this year. And I think Pete is a victim of his own success in that way. Oh, yeah. I mean, Pete is. Probably, I mean, if you're ever ranking Seattle Seahawks coaches, Pete's number one. Oh, yeah, Like, yeah. he's he's their guy. Like, he was there for 14 years. He won them their first Super Bowl. And he they made, made the it. playoffs for, like, eight years in a row. Exactly. They had unprecedented success in yeah. Seattle. Like, he finished, like, 50 games above 500 for his career. Right. Um, yeah, so moving on from him was a big thing. It was a big surprise. I think I was a little bit surprised by the Titans' decision with Vrabel as well. Uh, I know some people weren't. I, I think that... The last two seasons, Bobby always says, what have you done for me lately type of thing. They missed the playoffs. Six and 11 this year, right? Yeah, yeah, and you missed the playoffs last year, 7 and 10. In a weak division, too. Yeah, absolutely. So the Titans are kind of on the downtrend after they got off to such a hot start with uh, with Coach Vrabel. Um, I think that, you know, we'll see where Vrabel ends up. He's going to definitely be a coach in the NFL again soon. Yeah. Maybe New England makes a lot of sense to me it would make sense. potentially, but I mean, looking at the coaching vacancies, Jeff, I'm 100 percent with you on this one. The Carolina Panthers dead last, number eight. just because of Tepper. So, so here I'm going to give you my list, and I have a question for you. So, okay. my list goes: number one, Chargers; number two, Seahawks; number three, Titans; number four, Raiders; number five, Commanders; number six, Falcons; number seven, Patriots; number eight, Panthers. And this is in order of. These are, if I'm a head coach, this is how I rank them in terms of where I want to go coach. Now, my question for you is this. If the Saints had fired Dennis Allen, where would you rank them on this list in terms of a coach wanting to go there? If, if, if there, there was a vacancy this year and they were a ninth team in here, where would you slot them in? I'd probably slot them in around where I'd put the Falcons. Around like the four to five range. Okay, I would so say. you have the Falcons higher than I do. 
Yeah, no, I would have okay. the Falcons a little because the Falcons do have a lot of talent on that team, and I really they have do playmakers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just that you know Arthur Smith and his war waged against fantasy football players never <laughs> wanted to use them. Uh, yeah, I think I'd put the Falcons a little bit higher than you would, um, but I put the Saints around that same kind of tier. Uh, yeah, just because I think that you could come in and have decent success almost instantly uh, with the roster that the Saints have. It's kind of built to you know win games uh, for any head but coach. But that's not always a that's not always like. Uh, to me, that's not always the goal that I go into of like. That's the argument for the Seahawks, though, because they also have a yes. really talented roster that, you know, I mean, they missed the playoffs. They fell short back to back nine, eight seasons. But if you look at up and down their roster, it's, it's pretty solid in the NFC, which is, you know, significantly weaker than the AFC. See, I think, like, as a head coach, I wouldn't want to go into a situation and kind of see, like, I don't, it, it's not that I need to win 10 games in year one, but I need to be able to build from year to year. And I need to see the, the alignment between ownership, GM, coach, team. And also the assets to to build, and that's why the Panthers are at the bottom because they have so few of those things. So I would put them, I would put the Saints above the Raiders and slightly behind the Titans, and that's only because I like Will Levis. And if I'm a coach that likes Will Levis, then that's an attractive situation for me. If you don't like Will Levis, then I would put the Saints above the Titans. But I still would have Chargers number one, Seahawks number two, and I still think like when you look at it and you say, do you want to be a, a team that's, you know, there's only so many, you know, real winning candidates for head coach every year and that's a pretty stiff market to try to find one in yeah I was actually you know kind of looking at it I was a little bit surprised by this list having the Titans as low as they did they had it at seven and they had a a decent gap in between the sixth spot which was the Patriots I don't think there's any real question I think the Patriots situation I don't like their situation at all no I don't like it either I think I would put them second to last on this list only above the Panthers and I mean organizational stability is also another thing like yeah I mean, Washington can be intriguing depending on what happens because they have moved on from Dan Snyder and Josh Harris is the new owner there and what kind of stability he can bring to that organization because they just haven't had it in the last couple of decades. Almost like a sleeping giant sort of situation. Uh, but then, you know, organizations like the Patriots, despite them being good uh, and, you know, winning at the top of with Belichick for the past two decades, they're not in a good spot right now as far as a roster construction goes. And that's just kind of how I see it. Now, picking a quarterback this upcoming year could definitely change their fortunes, especially yeah. if they hit with a third overall pick in the draft, uh, which could make them a little bit more enticing. But, yeah, as of now, I don't have them much higher than I would like the Panthers. I just find it hilarious that the Panthers don't have a, don't have a first round They pick. are a mess. Like they, <laughs> I mean, I think it was Bobby that said, like, the light at the end of the, trun- the tunnel for the, the, the Panthers is the yeah, train. Yeah. Like, they, they're in such a bad situation, oh, which is great gosh. news for the Saints, so we'll take it. I, I never actually looked this up, but I have to ima- I can't imagine there have been very many instances of a team giving away the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. Yeah, that's that's tough. It worked <laughs> out. It worked out for the Bears. Give them credit. Out for the ba- oh, I you mean- want to talk about a, a, a bad rain? You want to talk about Scott Fitterer's GM tenure oh, gosh. in Carolina? It was like three years, and it was one of the biggest nightmares. Like It wasn't even just the Car- the, the Chicago trade, it, it, like not giving away Brian Burns for two first-round picks with the Rams and then not re-signing him or having any plan with him. And then, you know, I, just Fitterer's been a mess. Uh, one conspiracy that I, that I almost uh, – like it's hard not to believe at this point is that David Tepper is actively tanking his own team so that he can move it somewhere. Like the, like in major league, like the plot of major league. Oh wow! Because it's just like it's almost hard to believe that it's that that he's been that ham handed by accident. You know, it's it's I, wild. I don't know about that, but it's definitely a funny I'm probably conspiracy giving him, theory. Probably giving too much credit. Yeah, maybe a little bit. All right, I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Charlie Long. We'll be coming back. We'll be talking Pelicans. We got Ali Kosal of the Bird Rights, and uh, yeah, we'll have a lot to talk about. The Pelicans have been blowing out teams lately. I'm excited. It's basketball season, baby, here in New Orleans. All right, this is WWL. Stick around. <sighs> 
Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Coming back in on WWL, I'm Jeff Nowak, Charlie Long behind the glass. And the Saints season is over. The NFL season is not. But the Saints season is over, and thankfully, we can now turn our attention to the sizzling, and I don't use that term lightly, sizzling Pelicans. They are blowing people out. They've won two games in a row by 30-plus points on the road. What is this team? And uh, no one better to talk about it with than Ali Kosell from the Bird Rights. You know, we're going to get into this. How are you doing tonight, Ali? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Everybody out there was Jeff, Steve, and Charlie, right? Yeah, yeah Steve, Steve's on the IR tonight, Ali. It's just going to be Jeff. Yeah, Steve's hanging out on a couch somewhere. Yeah, but uh, Ali, I wanted to actually, you know, this this road win streak, like they're on a winning streak by themselves right now. Great start to January, but seven straight wins on the road, yep. majority of them by double digits. I mean, they've just been red hot away from the Smoothie King Center. Now it's always nice to pick up those wins at home, but just how well they've been playing away from the Smoothie King Center this season has been really nice to see, especially because they kind of struggled last year. Yeah, not only last year, but to start this season, right. uh, they struggled to where I know everybody was talking about it maybe after the first six weeks or so. Um, I, I want to say they were three and seven, four and seven at the time when we were really talking about it. And since that time, I guess they took it right to heart because they haven't lost a single road game. And I think that speaks volumes, honestly, how good this team is on paper. You know, they've been playing pretty darn well for the last two months, but they've gotten even better because now they've got right the full assortment of troops Almost everybody's back or has been back for most of the games for, for now weeks. And now you're seeing guys right, finding their rhythm. Um, I, I can't point to nobody more than, say, Jose or, or Larry Nance, especially since they've returned what they've been able to do. So you add it to a starting lineup. that the, Obviously, the, the main stars, they don't care where they get the 30 points, right? They're not out there for their own stats. And, it, and it's been really noticeable these last couple of weeks where Brandon's maybe getting 12 shots in a game, ending up with 15 points. Same thing with Zion. So the stars are still collectively putting up the stats, right? They're getting to about 50, 60 points collectively along with, say, 15 assists. But it's really just everybody's sharing in the wealth. And, and it's made, right, the basketball enjoyable, not only for us to watch, but for them to play. They've all constantly told us when they play like this, it's just the best basketball they're, they're playing of their lives. 
right, in terms of having that much fun while still getting paid and you're winning. But there's no better combination, Jonas Valanciunas has told us now for years. And when you've got everybody doing it, yeah, it's a special product. And so I hope fans are paying attention, right? Saints is over. Pelicans still seemingly are trending upwards, right? You just mentioned now they're not only winning, but they're winning by double digits. So, yeah, this team's on a rise up the Western Conference standings. And it's interesting that you mentioned that about sharing the wealth, Ali. I mean, last night was the perfect example of it in Golden State, which, I mean, the, it's been like a house of nightmares for the, a lot of teams, but specifically the Pelicans in recent years, to go in there and just smoke them from the get-go. Like the first quarter all the way through, it wasn't really even within single digits. Pelicans control the game throughout. And I mean, you'll listen to, and I'll ask you about the defense later on, you'll listen to Zion talk post-game. He's just like, oh, it starts with our defense, everything like that. But if you're looking at the offense, you had eight guys score over 12 points. Like It wasn't you know, any one single player, and that's how you get to 141, by the way. It wasn't any single player like Zion or B.I. going for 35 or 40 points in a game. It was all the guys contributing. And we've talked about the depth on this team. I mean, it was on full display last night in Golden State. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, they raced out to a 15-4 lead on the strength of nothing but five three-pointers, and four of them, right, two from Herb, two from JV. So, yeah, B.I. and Zion didn't even get in the scoring column because I know C.J. had that fifth three-pointer. And, yeah, that, that directly shows exactly what you're talking about. This team is so talented that now they're winning with three, the three-point shot. And that's something we barely talked about. But you saw what Trey and Jordan Hawkins, when they entered the game, what they were able to do. I mean, for the Pelicans to make, what was it, nine threes in the first quarter, get up 16 of those shot attempts from the outside, that's something the Warriors do. That's something the Dallas Mavericks, Boston Celtics, all these other teams strive to do, but not the Pelicans. But now that they're fully healthy, now that they've got guys kind of, you know, looking for one another, knowing what what, what they really want to do offensively, right? B.I.'s looking for guys, same thing with Z and C.J. They're just hitting um, each other in, in the perfect spots. So, yeah, I, it's it's hard to describe. The defense has been there now for probably the last year and a half. But now this offense is turning into something special. Right? You always had the bowling ball with Zion Williamson when he's healthy in the lineup. And you see what others can do. But now that they're stretching this all the way out to the three-point line, I mean, look, since I lost the Lakers, fourth best offense, first best de- or the first overall defense in the league. So that just shows you really this team is really scratching its potential. And it, it looks good, doesn't it? Yeah, so so the 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 cliche that comes to mind is like fool me once, you know, where okay, so the, this time last year, right? We're talking about all the same stuff. They're up toward the top of the Western Conference, and then the bottom falls out. You have injuries, you have some inconsistencies. They can't find a way to get any wins. I think it was what a ten game losing streak at one point. You know what is different this year that will prov- you know obviously you hope to avoid the injuries, right? But it, what about this team is different from last year's team? where I shouldn't be living in constant fear of them falling all the way down the conference standings like they did last year. Yeah, so that experience actually taught them a lot. And a lot of them individually did certain things to improve to make sure that they can be on the court. For instance, Brandon's played 33 straight games. So he really worked on his conditioning. Zion, I know it's been an up-and-down battle, but he at least has acknowledged he has a problem over the summer. And now I think, what, the last month or so, right, especially since Las Vegas, He's probably looked as good as he has all season, right? Against the Lakers, for instance, he was scoring over Anthony Davis, who I think is the best defender in the, in the game today. And he did it at least three or four times. So I think Zion's back athletically. So that was the number one thing, right? Players work on what was keeping them back. For Jose, it was the outside shot. We're seeing him, same thing with Najee, close to 40%. So you, those guys worked on that this summer. Then you also just went through that adversity. 
right? We were talking through the players through that 10-game losing streak, and for most of it, they were kind of like, well, we were this team for the first two and a half months, and we'll get back to that eventually. Well, I think they probably now know you can't take anything for granted. Zahn never returned. They just never could find their rhythm, even though B.I. returned. A lot of the other guys did as well. So maturity. It, it, it's, it's as high as it's ever been, especially with this young core. And I think that's the biggest key. Now C.J.'s words, Larry's, even J.V.'s, they don't go unheeded. Right? These guys know what it takes to win, and I think that's what turns you into a winner. First you need the talent, but then you need the talent to learn to play with each other. And then you prepare yourself. right? You work on your weaknesses, but you also make sure you're going to be ready for, like I said, when that adversity strikes. And you know it's going to happen. right? I mean, really only the Kings last season made it through largely unscathed to where their top seven guys probably missed a combined, I want to say I heard, 15 games. That just doesn't happen in the league. So you know more guys are going to miss time for the Pelicans. But I think they're better prepared to handle it. And we're seeing that. On top of the individual improvement, right, Trey's better. You can't deny that a lot of these young guys are better now than they have ever been before in their careers. But like I said, now when somebody goes down, you just feel more confident that this team is just more focused and knowing how to persevere through it. We've talked about CJ a couple times, Ali, and I mean, his leadership has been outstanding. But the standout player from last night's game, I mean, the leading scorer, Jonas Valanciunas, when Golden State kind of started to make a little bit of a push to get mm-hmm. their crowd back into it in the third quarter, you know exactly what I'm talking about here, Ali. Jonas just went on a roll. Like, they kept feeding the big man, and he was working Trace Jackson Davis, the rookie for Golden State. I think he scored 15 points in the third quarter, and he was like on 7-7 shooting. I mean, just having Jonas be that consistent guy day in and day out, but to where also when he's called when his name is called upon, he can perform like he did last night. Yeah, look, Willie Green knows that he's got a few constants, but one is JV, and he's proven that since he's arrived in New Orleans. And this season, he's a guaranteed 14-10 and 10 on 60% shooting, and now he's giving you the best steal percentages of his uh, career, blocks, right? He's doing all these other things, shooting threes at a higher clip than he ever has in his 11 years, uh, his 11-year career. So he's made himself fit better into this team. So while the, the points aren't as high, the rebounding isn't as high, He's checking all the other boxes that are necessary for what I think for this team to be successful. And so, yeah, to your point, I think he's invaluable. I think he's the guy that I hope Pels fans have realized after watching this half year, because uh, we're almost through 40 games now, that he shouldn't probably be traded, right? Because if you think about it, you complain about maybe having too much defense on the court when, you, when you've got Herb Dyson out there, maybe some other combinations. Well, what if you were to get rid of JV's offense, which is completely invaluable when Zion has to miss a game or two? And then you replace it with somebody that's just defensive-minded, like a Jared Allen in Cleveland, um, like a Nick Claxton in New Jersey. No, I think, honestly, JV, having an offensive-oriented player who doesn't give up that much defensively is the key for this team. And when you do need more defense, you've got Larry Nance on the bench, right? And if you feel like you need more, then make a trade if you don't think you can trust Cody Zeller. But JV, yeah, I'm with you guys. I think he's been spectacular. I know the players all love him, coaching staff. And and I hope the fans start appreciating because he's in the last year of his – deal and I really think it behooves the Pelicans probably to maybe offer him another two-year deal right work to getting that future guy that you want to eventually be the future at that position at the center position but for right now I think JV's as good as you're going to get and and he's pretty darn good I put Cody Zeller in the in the category of human victory cigars you know the guys you (laughs) the guys you feature when you're up by 30 uh, and uh, yeah, anyway, uh, Jeff Withy was one of those guys. I don't know if you remember Jeff yeah, Withy. Every time yep. he got in the game, it was like, we're winning. Anyway, uh, you know, uh, just to go back to Zion a little bit, because I think 
Zion is just fascinating and you know, you'll hear every couple of weeks there'll be a new cycle. He doesn't want to be in New Orleans. That's why he's out of shape and, you know, all this nonsense. But, uh, you know, one of the things that struck me and, you know, just kind of kind of casually watching the Pelicans uh, so far this season is, you know, as as I watched Zion in the first couple of years of his career, there's always these like in, these incredible moments, the athleticism, the size, particularly on offense. But what's bugged me a lot throughout his career is you don't see that on defense. I remember watching him at Duke and he was constantly making impact plays on the defensive mm-hmm. side of the floor, whether it was scooping scores, whether it was these crazy blocks. I remember when he blocked DeAndre Hunter on a three from like halfway across the court mm-hmm. and you just saw these moments where you're like, that's the guy, that's the number one overall pick. And it's obvious because you can see it. Those are the plays that I hadn't seen throughout the first maybe three years of his career. I don't know if a lot of that was fitness, if some of it was just kind of working his way in. I feel like we've seen more of that this year. Tell me if I'm wrong, but there have been some blocks. There have been some chase down, you know, plays. He seems to be more active on that side of the floor. And, you know, you can talk about the fitness or whatever. I think a lot, so much of defense is wanting to do it, is just the willingness to go out and, and give that extra percent of whatever it is. And I'm just curious if you agree with that. Have you seen that uh, this year? Yeah, I completely agree with you. And you used the key word there, active. Right, for instance, last season, before he got hurt, we started seeing him have some of those highlight defensive plays, right, whether it's steals or blocks. And a lot of them came during clutch minutes. I remember he, because of it, he won a game against the Minnesota Timberwolves, where he also had the points. We saw it in, against, in, in a victory over OKC. But it wasn't throughout a game, right? You didn't have a sustained defensive effort by Zion throughout a game, where he was honestly in better shape. Now we're seeing it. And so I'm with you. He, he's never been more focused since coming to the NBA on that end of the court. And the same goes for Brandon Ingram, right? So now suddenly you've got your two best players out there in the court, bring it on both ends. That's where just two years ago, they were definitely just really giving you on one side of the court. And, and that's an issue because then that, that's when you need to surround players with great defensive guys, right? You need multiple defensive players. And as we're seeing, that's not really a recipe for success in the NBA, no matter how good your two stars are. I mean, look at how Anthony Davis and LeBron James are playing this year. I think they're playing their best basketball in a couple of years. Easy. And yet they're below 500 because the rest of their team honestly isn't very good. David Griffin's had now the pleasure of being able to draft both offense and defense, but there's some guys that can give you on both ends. But now suddenly, like I said, you may not need a Herb Jones to close with until you can give Trey or even a Jordan Hawkins minutes in clutch time because suddenly Zion's not a, you know, a traffic cone. Same thing with B.I. And then – yeah, I mean, look, players, you want your best players to lead. And when you bring on both ends of the court, it's a lot easier to be a leader. So there's multiple things that are happening here that are great to see, right? So, yeah, that, that's the best word you can use, right? Brandon and Zion, they're just more active. They're just basically giving more of a darn on every single possession. And that's something that's rare. But we hope, and I think it's here to stay, because they're winning, right? Winning seems to always push the right buttons. And as long as they keep doing that, I think we'll continue to see it. Ali, looking ahead, I mean, there's three games left on this five-game road trip and starting on Friday in Denver. I watched the Denver Nuggets actually last night against the Utah Jazz, and they, they, had, a lot, they had a lot of defensive issues against Utah. They looked, like the, they looked like the Pelicans whenever they play the Jazz, so the Pels typically struggle with them. I know they won that last matchup, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the Utah was just all over Denver in that game. But one thing that did stick out to me was that earlier today, New Orleans Pelicans on X posted C.J. McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Trey Murphy, Zion Williamson, all questionable for the Nuggets game on Friday. And I'm looking ahead at the schedule they got a really important back-to-back in Dallas the first that game on Saturday and then they also play in Dallas for a second straight game on Monday and I want to get your thoughts on this kind of three-game stretch starting with the game in Denver and who you kind of expect to play 
Yeah, so I know some of the guys are actually battling some small stuff. And that's what happens. When you get to the middle of the season, they've largely been playing. Like I said, Brandon's played in 33 straight. He's never done that before in a New Orleans uniform. And he's had uh, previous problems with his Achilles, right? There's certain parts of a body for an athlete that, you know, it kind of comes and goes, right? So with B.I., I know it's definitely real. Zion and, and both Trey, they both kind of sustain kind of contact to where it's kind of led to where the, the medical staff's been worried about them moving forward, right? You always want players to be at 100% so they're landing correctly, taking off correctly. Otherwise, you're putting unnecessary stress, and that's what they say leads to injuries. So that's why I think they're there as well, listed on the injury report. But CJ, I know he's got that ankle, but look, he's almost always played whenever he's been questionable. So that's another thing you look at. How many of these players typically play through when they do get lists on the injury report? So for Denver, I honestly expect probably for CJ and maybe at least one of the other guys to play. And hopefully then you'll have everybody ready to tackle that back-to-back set in Dallas. Because, look, I think you've started off this road trip 2-0, and and you probably now are looking for a big prize, right? You would have been happy with 2-3, and three, definitely 3-2, three and two, but now I think why not and see if you can get at least two of these next three. And I'm hoping that's what they're thinking as well. Yeah, I mean, you got to be thinking it at this point because if you're looking at the West standings, Ali, I mean, the Mavericks are just one game back of the Pelicans. This two-game slate in Dallas is gigantic. Another team that I was watching, I was watching the Dallas Mavericks back on Tuesday when they hosted uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. They did not look very good in that game either uh, against a Grizzlies team without John Moran. I think Marcus Smart was hitting a bunch of threes in that matchup. But one thing that stood out to me was that sometimes with the Mavericks, like they have very strong top-level talent. I don't think anyone could, would disagree with that with Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. But the other guys, if they don't show up, Ali, sometimes it looks ugly. And that's what it looked like against Memphis at home, where you see Luka and Kyrie combined for 64 of their 103 points in that matchup, and they lose by 17 points to the Memphis Grizzlies without John Morant. So I want to get your thoughts on this matchup against the Mavericks. I mean, looking a little bit ahead on, of course, Saturday and then Monday. Yeah, it's much like Denver to where they're overly relying offensively on Jokic and then Jamal Murray. And when especially when Jokic sits, all of a sudden you see, right, all the numbers point to Denver's just not very good to where the opponent usually gets the better of you. And that's why we've seen, I think, Denver's lost two of their last three. Same thing goes with Dallas. You don't know what you're going to get from them. They've had some very good ones. I know they um, lost or they they destroyed a couple of uh, games against the Trailblazers. I think they had one win against Minnesota, another loss recently. But, yeah, they'll lose some bad games too, like you mentioned to Utah. And they've had some other struggles as well. So they're more unpredictable than, say, the Pelicans, who I think are bringing it better on both ends of the court. That's where Dallas, they truly just rely on an offense, right? Their offense leads to playing better defense. Like, for instance, people are now saying Luka's playing some better defense. Well, that to me means he's actually just trying on some plays defensively, right? When you watch him, you can't really compare to what he's doing, like, say, a Herb Jones or somebody like that. But for him in order to get to that position, it's because he starts off a game well offensively. That's where the Pelicans, it's entirely the opposite. So what you want to do is what you kind of saw, I think the Pelicans did at home when they played them in a back-to-back set, right? First game, Luka, Kyrie, really, what would they go for? Over 60 points. I remember a ton of assists, a lot of threes. And let's face it, the Pelicans were blown out. They couldn't catch up to when Dallas posted what was at over 130 points. But then the second game, they limited those two guys, thereby cutting off the head of the snake. And I think we're going to see that again. I think you're going to see a lot more minutes for Dyson. Herb's going to be planted on one of those two, Luca or, or Kyrie. And then, of course, you're going to be always trying to give help. So they're always going to be looking at double teams. I think that's probably the best thing about this defense. 
no longer, I think, does Willie Green just rely on, say, Herb, like they tried to against John Morant and the Grizzlies where they blew that 24-point lead. They're trying now collectively, even though you still trust, right, you're one of the best defenders in the game, and Herb, you're also going to make sure that you're not going to get beat. And I think that's what we're going to see against Dallas. Luke and Kyrie, they're not going to beat the Pelicans. They're going to have to find somebody else, too. And that, of course, is a t- the more difficult proposition, right? They don't have a Trey Murphy. They don't have a C.J. McCollum, somebody that you can rely on more consistently. Yeah, I think one of the wildest things about this team is that they not only do they have a pretty impressive record, they have like all of their losses are games that they led by 10 points at some mm-hmm. point. It's kind of wild, but thanks so much. Ali Cosell, editor-in-chief of the Bird Rights. Great insight as always, and uh, have a good night, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely. You guys do the same. Have a good weekend. Thanks, Ali. Yes, sir. All right, what do you all think? Let us know. I want to get into draft talk the rest of this hour, so let us know who you want to see the Saints look at it, number 14. Hit us up in the Oakland Heart Jewelers. Talk and text line 504-260-1870. Text or call. And, yeah, Pelicans, baby. It's time. I, I just hope that, you know, the, the free fall is not there this year like it was last year. But All right, this is WWL. I'm Jeff Nowak alongside Charlie Long taking you up till 8 p.m. on WWL AM 870, FM 105.3, and always the Odyssey app. Stick around, y'all. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Jeff Nowak coming back on WWL Sports Talk here with Charlie Long, bringing you up till 8 p.m. And as promised, I do want to talk about the draft. We got into a little bit with Mike Dettelier at the end of the last hour. But I do, you know, number 14 is interesting. We talked to Mickey Loomis on on WWL earlier this week, and he kind of said, you know, it's a good spot. You can maybe move up a couple spots. If there's a guy who falls in your range, you might even be able to slide back, although the Saints – Never trade back. Maybe you know it's a first time for everything, but I do think there's there's a lot of interesting possibilities here. You know, I, the guy that really intrigues me that I, you know I think we've been waiting a while for the Saints to have a truly game changing tight end, and you know it's not a position that we could have taken one last year. It's, <laughs> he could have. He sure could have. And it's not a position that you typically see the Saints target in the first round. That's why I kind of I, – I, I doubt it's going to happen. But, man, if Brock Bowers is there at 14, oh, that would be hard for me to pass on that guy. I wonder where Brock Bowers will go because I think there are a couple teams in the top ten that could take him and it would, like, make a lot of sense. Man, like, the more I think about it, you could see the Chargers probably taking a receiver like Malik Neighbors or something like that. But if they don't, Brock Bowers in yeah. L.A. with Justin Herbert – it seems, would make seems, a lot of sense. Seems pretty spicy to me at well, number five. The, the other interesting one will be uh, the Giants at number six. 
the Giants love themselves some some LSU receivers. It's funny because it's not even like the same uh, you know regime that drafted Odell Beckham Jr. But I don't know. It just seems right for the Giants to take Malik Neighbors at number six. But you know, like it's it's interesting because if a quarterback falls, right? What happens if uh, you know one of these quarterbacks? Yeah, I, I, I guess like Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels. You feel like that's the top, right? So if if Bo Nix, Michael Penix on the board at fourteen, I don't know. I'm not I'm not sold on on either of those guys as a pro. Um, I probably end up going offensive tackle because I don't think you can ever have too many quality tackles. And I don't know. We're, I, I want to talk more about Trevor Penning in the next hour. Um, but that's I, I think you just got to keep drafting tackles until one hits, especially now because you don't know where Ryan Ramchek is. So it's gonna. It, it always seems to come to this point. You get to number four, you or the Saints at number fourteen. They never drafted in the top ten because the Saints. You know, people want to complain about Mickey Loomis and the job he's done, whatever. But the Saints haven't finished a season with fewer than seven wins since two thousand five. That run is 18 years old. That run is old enough to go walk over to Walgreens and buy a pack of cigarettes. That's how long it's been since the Saints have finished with fewer than seven wins. And so that's part of the reason you don't end up drafting in the top 10. Because even the seasons, you know, you drafted 11 or 10th overall, whatever, uh, it becomes difficult. So you kind of have to just let things come to you. And I think that's probably why the Saints end up trading a lot every year. Yeah, I mean, you heard Mickey's comments earlier with Mike Hawes saying that, you know, they always love to move up, but if they do move back, it, he's, he's like specifically said it's a very deep class, Jeff, and they know that they can pick up some really quality pieces that can help their roster immediately. So, you know, if you can't trade up into the top 10 and get the quarterback that you want, then trading back, I mean, this might be the first time they do it in a while, but it would make some sense. It would. Unless Brock Bowers is there, then I'm taking him. Yeah, I'm, well, I mean, I don't think Brock <laughs> Bowers is falling out of the top ten. Brock Browers, Brock yeah. Bowers, Brock Browers. All right. Well, who do you? Th- we've already got some texts coming in. Who who do you want to see the Saints draft? Who are you in love with in this year's draft? Because we'll come back and talk about it. Let us know on the Oakland Art Jewish talking text line 504-260-1870. You've already heard it. I want Brock Browers. This is WWL. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Charlie Long. Taking you up till 8 p.m. Let's do it. Closing out the 6 o'clock hour on WWL. You know, we got a few texts in here, I think. And I think these are the smart texts in that you should prepare yourself because you're going to be like, this guy's here and this guy's here. So many skill position players, so many quarterbacks. And the Saints are probably going to end up drafting an offensive lineman at number 14. Heck, they might even trade up and draft an offensive lineman. I could see too. I could see it too. I, I think you know this team. This team builds through the lines. That's their philosophy. And I think I mean it's it's tempting to go. You know, you, I look at the you know NFL mock draft database is a good website to kind of get a consensus look. But as I like, like they don't just have mock drafts. They have all of the mock drafts, and then they kind of just average them all together and they show who's popular among all of these different I think it's just a good way to look at it and this their consensus mock draft in terms of you know this is the most popular pick at all of these positions it has the top eight top six picks going off the board and they are all offensive playmakers I mean yeah that makes sense it's a deep Whenever it's a deep class for a certain position, a lot of the times teams will kind of push it off on drafting one of those guys unless it's like really like a can't miss prospect. Like I mean, it's, I would say it's a deep receiver draft, but Marvin Harrison Jr. is not following past number four with the Cardinals. 
I don't think. But if you're talking about staying put at 14, there's a couple different options that you could do offensive tackle. But I think there's also going to be some edge rushers there too. Like Dallas Turner could potentially be there. I mean, you're looking at Jared Verse from Florida State, like two, uh, Alabama, Florida State prospects that were really good in their collegiate careers that would make a lot of sense as an edge uh, prospect in the first round. But we'll see what they end up doing. I also don't buy all the wide receivers at the top. I think they're going to end up falling down as teams realize. I think Malik like, goes really We high. need an offensive I think there's one top 10 wide receiver, maybe two. Maybe Odunze as well. Yeah, I don't buy it. But all right, we're closing out the 6 o'clock hour. We'll be right back on WWL. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.